0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Physiology of Leadership podcast. I'm Dr. Sarah Kliche, and I am here with my good friend, David Irvine. Uh, and I am a physician that works in the world of executive health, and I have a special interest in integrative medicine and preventative health and how the way in which we live our lives ultimately affects our health and vice versa. And David uh, works in the world of executive leadership as well. And he really brings a special approach to leadership um, to encourage people to become their most authentic and aligned and best versions of themselves. And we've been working together for a while, chatting chatting a lot about how our two worlds intersect. And we've been so happy to be able to bring these conversations to you. So welcome everyone. And uh, we've been talking a lot about the impacts of stress on both our biology, and our behavior, and this week we're going to chat a little bit about some of the silver linings that this pandemic has brought to us.
1: Well, welcome, Sarah, and it's always always great to have these conversations, and I learned so much from you, and I just think it's very fascinating, this notion of combining physiology and leadership, and, and how the physiology of what's going on in the world, how that impacts me physically, and how that impacts the way that I interact with the world, whether it's my wor- work with my team, my colleagues, uh, my family members. So you, it, it's all, as you say, it's all integrated together. And to bring some awareness for ourselves and to our listeners is uh, something that we're both really passionate about. So it's always great to have these conversations. And you know, you bring up this notion of the silver lining in COVID. Um, this week, as we do this session, you know, Alberta has now been shut down and that we are in a place of isolation. We're in a place of lockdown. But I think it's important to understand a couple of things as we go through this. So I, I think the important thing is just to acknowledge the grief. And and I really believe Let me backtrack and I'll share my own experience through this COVID experience, which is now, you know, it's we're into December now. So what is that 10 months that we've been through this lockdown or at least this uh, pandemic? Um, For the first two months, well, first of all, when when this lockdown happened, as you know, my business is working with groups. So I basically had two years of my calendar wiped out. I became basically unemployed. And I have learned that there are seasons that we go through, emotional seasons. And everybody that I was talking to, all of my colleagues within the first week, were all talking about this is a great opportunity. We're going to repivot. We're going to make something out of ourselves. And I wanted to punch them in the nose because I believe that the opportunity comes when we honor our own experience and it, it there's a there's a cardinal rule in in the motivational speaking business is that you don't give a motivational speech at a funeral you don't walk up and say in a funeral this is a great opportunity uh it might be true like i think of how my relationship with my father has evolved since his death uh 35 years ago i'm probably closer to my dad today than i was Thirty-five years ago, when he was alive, because I don't argue with him anymore, I sit quietly with him today, and I realize his spirit, and I realize what's underneath that. But if if someone would have said this is a great opportunity at the funeral, I would have punched him in the nose. The same way that I wanted to punch people when they say, "Let's pivot and make something out of this." Now, my frustration was is that I wasn't ready to make a move. I needed to honor my experience of shock. Grief, depression, anger, all of the stages of grief that I went through for those first, I'm going to say, two to four months when the pandemic first hit us. Um, I, I, you know, uh, there was, I, I couldn't connect with, I couldn't have my kids visit. The, I mean, I could, I could give you a long litany of reasons. I, you know, my identity was taken away. My whole identity with, I I understand that I'm over-identified with my work, but I went through a real, I'm going to call it a depression. Now, I have learned, and we'll talk about this more during these, these, these podcasts, that I have learned how to get through dark periods in my life with consistency and with strength and to keep up a certain discipline and routine so that while I went through the dark times, I didn't just succumb to my desires and succumb to getting dark with it, because I'm very prone to getting depressed. And I know there's certain structures and disciplines that I needed to sustain. But the one discipline that I was very critical is to stay connected to myself. So I want to say, we're going to talk about opportunities that come from this. And since that time, my business has evolved into realizing that, you know, I can really reach many, many more people. Developing online programs, offering, offering online master classes, uh, offering all kinds of courses, uh, videotaping our retreat, uh, uh, and so that I can bring all that material to people online. That has evolved since. But I want to really say that before the opportunity comes, connection has to take place. Connection and acceptance and being with ourselves. And that's the real fundamental message in our work with leaders, isn't it? that unless we're aware of ourselves and aware of what's going on for ourselves and the impact of whatever is going on, on ourselves and the people around us, we really can't make what we call authentic change. We can get into being a cheerleader and say, yeah, this is a great opportunity, but it's gonna be hollow as a leader if we tell our people, uh, yeah, this is a great opportunity. If at the same time, we don't simultaneously really take the time to connect with them, starting with connecting with ourselves. So that's going on for a, a kind of rambling for a long way. Does that, how does that speak to you?
0: Yeah, I think you're 100% on point. So I um I've been thinking a little bit about, you know, the fact that I sort of casually introduced this talk, you know, as the silver lining and I'm sure a lot of people might have had a, or might have a major reaction to that. And so I I think we're still too close to the situation for, for a lot of people to see any sort of silver lining because there's a lot of trauma and a lot of hardship that is going on, you know, today. And I think maybe people were feeling a bit better this summer. And then, you know, with the second hit, it's so fresh again, and people are having to make such, um, sacrifices and hard decisions, you know, with this most recent shutdown, Um, And some people have had enough time to kind of move through it, start to evolve, and really start to see some of the positives that can come out of such a dark time. But really honoring that experience and and recognizing, yeah, this is hard and it is affecting me. And I do miss my family, and, you know, I have lost a piece of my identity or, you know, so on or so forth is really important because just stuffing that that experience and trying to move forward and slapping a smile on our face is is really inauthentic and that will come back later, I think, to bite us. So honoring the toughness that is going on is incredibly valuable and imperative, really.
1: I, I look at it, Sarah, as four emotional seasons. And one is sort of the winter, which is the survival season where we have grief and anger and loss. Um, where we have fears, a variety of some of the, what we call darker feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another season would be a depleted season where we're just exhausted, trying to just juggle so many balls, uh, looking after personal responsibilities, you know, being at home for pa- people who are parents, uh, looking after kids, trying to balance, uh, uh, trying to you know, work remotely, trying mm-hmm. to separate and have boundaries between personal and, and work. And so it can be a depleting time as we go through this. And then there's a renewal time, which is more of the spring of our lives, uh, where we begin to see the creative energy that can come out. And then the productive side, where we begin to see a season where we can really see ourselves uh, producing and and bringing to fruition all of the things that we've been creating. And I, I think what's really important is to stop. And those seasons can last for minutes and they can last for months. Yeah. and and I think we can evolve in and out of those seasons it's not linear just like in, in if you live in Canada you know it can it can snow in July and we can be out in Calgary certainly here running in shorts in January so it's not it's not delineated but it does give you a bit of a sense what season are you in right now and to really honor that yeah. and the one way to get through seasons that we are it's okay not to be okay and it's okay uh to, to be in a season that's a bit dark. And we, 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 I have learned in my life to trust that the way to get through these seasons, the way to see the opportunity, if I come back to my funeral analogy, the opportunity is actually in the grief. The opportunity is not in the death, but it's how we handle the death. As we go into the grieving process, we can begin to appreciate there's richness as we are, as we stay honest with ourselves, there's richness that can come. The loss, uh, when we experience, for example, the loss of not being with family members this Christmas, this holiday season, in that process, we can actually emerge some creativity. If we'll honor the loss, we can say, you know what? There could be creative ways that we can connect this year. You know, we're having a big family reunion on the weekend over a Zoom call. And I'm connecting with cousins. I'm looking forward to it with cousins that I haven't seen for years and haven't been in touch with. And we're going to reconnect and we've developed. Well, that creativity came in my mind because I stopped and I allowed myself to feel the loss of not being with the people that I would like to be with.
0: Absolutely. And I love, you know, this whole concept of seasons. I mean, I feel like I can rapid cycle through four seasons sometimes in a day you know and i'm i'm quite far from my family as many of us are right now and this will actually be the first christmas that i don't get to spend with them which is a miracle considering i made it through medical school and residency and still somehow got home every year for christmas but family's super important to me and you know i'm going through this this sort of dissonance of emotion where i'm so sad to miss that and then you know in the next moment i'll I'll consider the fact that i've been so busy and I'm really tired, and having that time off at home might actually allow me to catch up, and feeling a bit of relief about that, and then feeling guilty about you know seeing some positives of not going home because it means I don't have to travel, and you know I don't have to spend two full days in airports, and so it is challenging. And I think really just allowing ourselves to feel that, uh, and then move through it, and know that like you said, it's okay to not be okay for a few minutes. But also to, to sit there and process that so that we don't take that out on those around us. Because sometimes I can go through this in the day at work, and it's not fair for me to sort of move into my next patient encounter and have them, you know, suffer the consequences of me being in that dark season at that moment. So to really allow space to process, because it can, you can move through these things pretty quickly if you feel them in their entirety, is what I'm finding.
1: Yeah, and I think there's two requirements around that. It, well, there's several, but I, two come to mind, Sarah, as one is to be aware mm-hmm. and to accept. this is where I'm at. And then also to have a community that we share this with. It's really hard to get through these seasons alone. You begin to think, as I have gone through a lot of my own darkness in my life, you start in, in my depressive times, it tends to be isolating. And then you think there's something wrong with being in this place. And community, as we say, sunlight is the best disinfectant. And, and, and when you bring it out into the open, you don't have to put it on Facebook and put it, uh, and hide behind a public persona, but to share it with at least one other person to realize I'm not alone, who can hold the space for us, to say it's okay to be, have a winter right now. It's okay to be in this dark place right now who can really hold the space and honestly you begin to accept that the darkness is okay and you begin to realize there's no such thing as a double night the Sun will always come up if we just embrace the darkness and then in the darkness we can find the richness of new opportunity and I know that sounds trite but it it really is true that we really won't stay dark when you allow yourself to really be there And feel it in your body. And this is where I might defer back to you. What happens in those dark periods during the opportunity of evolution? What happens to one's body? How does that impact the body?
0: Well, I mean, this is really complicated. And I think, you know, it involves. (laughs) And I guess people, you know, people become dark for different reasons, right? And I I think we have to be careful not to oversimplify these things because, mood and anxiety disorders are very multifactorial. And what we're finding out now is that, you know, this whole concept of just neurochemical imbalance is is not the entire story. And so sometimes, you know, we might actually have a genetic predisposition or a neurochemical imbalance that's going on that definitely increases our our risk of staying dark for a long period of time, where it becomes actually a clinical disorder. And I don't think that's what you're talking about right now. I think you're talking about some low mood or, you know, some emotional intensity um, rather than pathological depression or anxiety or more serious mood disorders. And correct me if I'm wrong.
1: No, you're absolutely correct. And it's very important that we make that distinction. Right. Because we don't want this podcast to be prescriptive this way we're talking about our own experience and we're talking about the principles of this so I'm really appreciative of you bringing that element in
0: but I do think the important thing is that we know that even if you're somebody who does have a predisposition to mood disorder our environment really matters you know and our environment is what can often tip us into going into that dark place and staying there for a long period of time and so that's a big concern, I think, from the medical and general community right now, that these tough times are going to precipitate a lot of mental illness. And where I think these conversations are so important is that if we have strategies to sort of work through these things and to get to the other side quickly and to have support teams and have mechanisms in place to sort of buffer our stress on a daily basis, our risk of actually developing pathological mental illness will be so much lower because it's never one thing or the other, right? It's never just um, nature, and it's never just nurture. It's the two. And so I think, you know, as I move through my studies in integrative medicine, what I learn is, the more that we can do to control our environment, and that really, that really includes our emotional health and our social health as well, which is why I love doing this podcast, the more resilient we'll become, and the less risk of developing disease we'll come, we'll, we'll have. So, so these strategies that you're talking about are absolutely important. Um, We just need to keep in mind that there are other factors that people need to be aware of when considering these things. And if, you know, if you are in one of those really dark places and you're having a hard time getting out, then seeking out professional help is, help is always really important.
1: So what would you say would be a good summary of say three things that, what, what do we want our listeners to take away from this conversation? as we go through the dark periods, and as we emerge, uh, you know, hope, you know, the vision is that we will eventually come out uh, with a vision of possibilities and new opportunities through that darkness. What would be some strategies that we could leave our listeners with?
0: Well, again, I think it sounds sounds trite, like you said before, but really paying attention to what silver linings have come forth as a result of this and so to go back to something you said earlier one thing that I'm really noticing even though people are stressed and you know having really challenging times is that people are really looking for that connection now and I feel like I'm connecting with people at a much higher level than I would before because we're all recognizing the importance of it and so you know, my patients are being so vulnerable now, and we're getting, you know, to much deeper, more important issues than maybe we would have had before, because they're really seeking that support and connection. And I find even just walking down the street, I have complete strangers reaching out to connect. And that can really change the trajectory of my whole day. You know, I can be rushing. I remember last week, I was rushing because I had to get somewhere. And some lady just you know, commented, Oh, Hey, I used to, I used to rush around like that and sound like that. And it really made me take pause. And we probably had a five minute conversation and it it brightened my whole day. So that's really important. And, you know, even though, you know, people are stressed because there's economic issues or, you know, they're trying to decide what to do with their companies. They're also happy because they're connecting with their families. You know, I had, I had somebody say the other day, I've had dinner with my children for six months in a row. Like that's never happened before. And I'm getting this time back. I've had so many people say, I actually get to sleep now. You know, I'm sleeping eight hours a night. That's never happened before. Mm-hmm. I have time to cook at home. I have time to exercise. So these, these things that are fundamental to our health and wellness and our happiness this pandemic which has wrecked havoc on the world and i'm not trying to dismiss the suffering of people at all but there are some some lessons to be learned about you know what's actually important what do we need as human beings to be well and i think you know the situation has sort of shoved that in our face a little bit it's really
1: the, the opportunity here is to go inside and to do some reflecting about what really matters in our life and i can tell you for myself uh, one of the silver linings I'm not traveling so much, you know i I, I am not missing the airports, yeah. and I'm just you know enjoying you know the time all the creative time that I would spend on the road. I was on the road eighty days a year uh, last year, and to have that taken away is not such a bad thing to really you know that's there's, there's a lot of time in there to reflect on what really matters in my life and to spend time with the important people in my life, even if some of that important relationship gets done through technology and through facetiming and zoom calls um, that it's possible to keep those connections up
0: yeah and i think you've just been the most amazing example to watch through this as to how resilient we actually are as humans because i remember you know eight months ago you were like i don't know what i'm gonna do i'm a speaker you know what will i do (laughs) and to see you transform through this you know, the past couple of, um, of months and just really start to build this amazing business that's so different, but that's flourishing, is amazing. And I, and I really think that it does speak to the resiliency of humans. We are adaptable. And so if we really allow ourselves to go through the processes that you've talked about and come to the other side, we will figure this out. And yeah, the world's probably going to change but it's changed a million times before. And, you know, we're really smart. I think we'll get through this.
1: And we can't do it alone. We have to, I know I've had to tap into a lot of my resources, you being one of them, a community in, in our supporting of each other. And, uh, so let's continue on. And we hope that we've left both realness and opportunity, uh, you know, a vision of opportunity here as people connect with what they're really meant to be in life. And, uh, Thank you very much, Sarah. It's always enjoyable.
0: Oh, well, thank you. I learn so much from you every week. I love our chats. Okay. We'll see you all in two weeks, everyone. Hey everyone. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of the Physiology of Leadership podcast. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care from a doctor or other qualified healthcare professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for support on your journey, please seek personalized care from a qualified medical professional.